This is Becky and Millhaven, just saying, I'm Tom Becker. I'm McGraw Millhaven, and I'll be drinking chocolate milk on today's podcast. <laughs> chocolate milk from the father of the year, the single father of the year. Uh, we, we, uh, we almost didn't get this recorded today because you've got Emerson, and Emerson was a little fidgety, but now Emerson is asleep, right? Uh, I set her down. I gave her her, her binky. Um, I read her a little a brown bear, a brown bear, and she is fast asleep. There you go. Uh, brown bear, brown bear. Is that, what's that all about? I'm, I'm not familiar with that one. Oddly enough, it's a story about a brown bear. Thanks for clearing that up. Oh, and that kid, that kid doesn't have a chance. And a red, and a, a chance. the red, the red bear sees a blue elephant, and the blue elephant sees a uh, yellow giraffe, and the yellow giraffe sees a white dog. The white dog sees a black sheep. The black sheep sees a goldfish. The goldfish sees a teacher. The teacher sees the kids. And what do the kids see? The kids see all the animals. The end. So you're teaching your child not to be a racist right from the very beginning. That's that you're a good dad. I don't know. You're a good man. Gotta love it. You you have a story for me? Oh, well, I'm just saying. Okay, so uh, the um. I'm I'm a, I'm a bladder cancer survivor. I've I've been dealing with bladder cancer for about 20 years, over 20 years now. And basically, it's a if you catch it early enough, if you catch it early enough, uh, they basically they go and they snip it out, and then you're good for a while. But anyway, I also go in for some treatments every three weeks. And I say all of that to say this: the people that I uh, deal with the cancer treatment also deal with like prostate cancer and other forms of cancer like this. And I found out today while being there that the People that are like uh, like dealing with testicular cancer, the guys that are dealing with testicular cancer that are uh, saving up their sperm, having their sperm frozen, you know, yeah. they want to have kids later on. Some uh, some of these places now are telling them they're not going to do that anymore after the Supreme Court ruling on abortion. They're not going to do in vitro, no more in vitro fertilization, so they're not going to store up, uh, you know, cancer uh, survivor sperm if they want to have another child. Um, that's really interesting. That's what I thought. I thought it was fascinating. I thought it was fascinating. Um, well, I mean, no one's talked about in vitro fertilization because, right, if you fertilize 10 eggs and you implant three and one of them takes, what are you supposed to do with the other 10 eggs, with the other seven, seven you know, fertilized eggs? Well, no, the actual, the actual problem is that what if all three of them take and you only want to have one child? Mm-hmm. You know, so these people don't even want to mess with it. They don't even want to mess with it, so they're, they're like, getting out of it. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it is a mess. So you're saying there's an opportunity to freeze other guys' sperm for a living? <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just having <laughs> than just having a freezer, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, here, 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 here's here's a cup, here's a cup, and uh, we'll uh, make popsicles out of this, and I'll get back to you later. I mean, there's no, you don't do that. I know, I I know they've had this technology for years and years and years. But can we stop and all these people who are thinking things aren't natural, freezing someone's sperm for 20 years and then, right, hooking it up with a woman's egg and you can have a baby from your dad who has been dead for 30 years, right? Is that normal? Well, okay, let me ask you this. In this day and age, what the F is normal anymore? I know I can say fuck on a podcast, but I didn't want to. What is normal anymore? That's another, it's a first good point you've made in this podcast. How many episodes have we done? <laughs> well, 
you know, once in a while. But, but even a even, even a brown bear finds a honeycomb <laughs> once in a while. Holy mackerel. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess everyone's talking about the uh, January 6th hearings. Oh, they're talking, yeah. I, mean, I mean, seriously, it was a week ago. It was a week ago that we did the last podcast. And since then, there have been Supreme Court rulings, the January 6th hearings. I mean, the whole world is different than it was uh, just a week ago. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You're telling me the Supreme Court hearing was less than a week ago? Yeah, that was last Friday. The abortion hearing is Friday, was last Friday. Holy mackerel. That seems like six months ago. I, yeah, doesn't it, though? <laughs> Again, what the fuck is normal? <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a mind blown. Yeah, yeah. So the whole world is different. Yeah, no, I know. And you're right. I mean, you know, in the January 6th series, and here's what gets me about... Uh, this is the problem with social media. I often wonder what Watergate would have been like in the age of social media. Well, what? can we hold on a second? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Can we go back to what Watergate was, which was they broke into the Democratic headquarters and that toppled a presidency? That seems like Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, it seems like just no big deal. And Woodward and Bernstein are considered these brilliant journalists, and they track down a couple of jokers breaking into the Democratic headquarters. I mean, here you have a president who said, let the guys in with guns and I'll follow them up to the Capitol. <laughs> I mean, what, the difference between Watergate and this is insanity. Well, and let's even take a little step in the middle between there. Remember, this is the same party that impeached Bill Clinton because he lied under oath. Yeah. This is I the know. same party that was so concerned about a, a stain on a blue dress that they impeached a president over that. And they are excusing all the lies that Trump said. They are excusing the violence that he instilled. They are excusing all of this stuff. But they were all oh, they were so the 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 party of high um high esteem, not high esteem, um. Morals. High moral values. Uh, the party of high morals when uh, they were going after uh, Clinton for, um, uh, you know, coming on uh, Monica Lewinsky's dress. Well, not only that, one of the impeachment articles was that he lied to the American public. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seriously. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. It is insanity. And, and, I, and I, I mean, I wonder how much of this is actually due to, you know, the social media. I see people now all upset and they say that you can't believe anything else that uh, that she said because uh, she made the comment she uh, about you know Trump lunge for the steering wheel and the Secret Service agent is saying uh, no he didn't so therefore you can't and, and she admitted while she was saying this this was secondhand this is this is what somebody told me so she admitted while saying it that it was secondhand and yet they dismiss all the firsthand knowledge that she had and all the firsthand knowledge of what she said. Well, I first of all, uh, I, I a couple of things. Uh, the secret leave the Secret Service alone for a second. Um, Mark Meadows isn't saying, "Oh no, no, that's not how it happened." Let me testify, mm -hmm. right? Rudy Giuliani is not saying, "No, no, no, that's not how it happened." Let me testify, right? All of these people are aren't saying, "No, no, no." Let me tell you how it really happened, right? So the two Secret Service people have come in. Now, Tom, you and I have been friends for a long time. Yes. You and I have, done, you and I have told each other a million stories. Yes, we have. And then we've told other people those stories, and we each say, no, 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 you're telling it wrong. Let me tell you what happened. And then you say, I got that part in. And I'm like, yeah, but you forgot this other part, right? So 
when you're retelling somebody else's story, somebody else is like, no, 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 you didn't tell it right. He didn't lunge for the steering wheel. He lunged for the for the for the um, for the for the gear shift, right? He wasn't the yeah. steering wheel; it was a gear shift, right? So we come a long way from she didn't retell the story the way they like it to she's lying. I mean, there's there's a wide gap there between what actually happened and she's lying. Yeah, it can very well be. Well, he threw a temper tantrum and he was yelling at us and he was pounding on the back of the of the seat. But uh, he didn't lunge for the steering wheel. I mean, again, I mean that could be it. right, 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 right. I mean, and again, they're just dismissing all of the firsthand knowledge of what she said. And to your point, McGraw, and I hate to say that you're right because you are right. You don't see, you don't see Mark Meadows saying, "Okay, no, no, that's not it." By the way, if Trump wants to get up there and testify under oath, nobody is stopping him, right? And and, and uh, the attorney, uh, Cipriani. Uh, you know, they want him to testify now. And Ginny Thomas, they want uh, her to testify. Nobody's stopping them from testifying against this stuff, testifying under oath, you know, because the American people need to know this. We need to start looking at ourselves as Americans first and Republicans and Democrats second. So I think, oddly enough, I mean, the, of the blockbuster test testimony she gave, I think everybody is missing the biggest story um, of the day of her testimony. First of all, I, I had forgotten that half of Trump's cabinet resigned that day. I, that, that, I had forgotten that, right? I mean, that's a big deal when half of your cabinet says, yeah. I've seen enough, I resign. Um, but the fact that this 23-year-old uh, I don't want to call her an assistant, but deputy, whatever you want to call her, right, is telling her boss, who is the chief of staff of the president of the United States, you cannot go to the meeting at the Willard Hotel. You, the, the, you cannot go. They're doing something nefarious at that meeting. You cannot go there. And she finally convinces him not to go. And instead, he calls in. It was a shadow government. They called it the war room. Yeah. They were setting up whatever they were doing, whatever they thought they were doing to overthrow the government. They were doing it in that hotel. And now we know, we don't know what was going on, but we know it was something not good. And that's why they all want pardons. And that's why they all aren't testifying because whatever was going on at the Willard Hotel was ground zero. And this 23-year-old was smart enough to tell her boss, don't be caught in that room. And by the way, by the way, yeah, and all these, all these, all these old men are cowards. They're afraid to speak out. And you got this twenty-three. Well, I don't even know. I, I've heard the different age. Uh, is he 23, 25, well, 26? Heard, however old she was, she was twenty-three, I guess, at the time. Yeah. Yeah, she, was, she just time, yeah. she just turned twenty-six. Yeah. So she was twenty-three at the time. And 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 for her to be able to you know stand up like this and then speak out like this. And by the way, by the way. She has already given like eight hours of testimony prior to what we saw yesterday. Right. Yeah. Eight hours of testimony. Um, and the fact that, the fact that, and this, I, I, I know I'm not naive, I understand, but it pisses me off that, that her life is in danger because she told the truth. Yeah. That's you know, and and, and, if, and if we're going to be afraid of speaking truth to power in this country, if we're going to be afraid of, of, of that, then we're not America anymore. 
you know, we're going to be celebrating the 4th of July this weekend. And, and, and our founding fathers put a system in place where we can have a peaceful transition of power that we don't need to be fearing for our lives by talking about what the president did or didn't do. So the, this morning on the show, on my radio show, Big 550 KTRS. Uh, By the way, you can listen online at KTRS.com. I'll give you a plug there. I, I, um, I interviewed John Wood. Uh, John Wood was the, was the attorney. Uh, he's at now, now running for U.S. Senate, but he uh, came on the uh, the show today, and I was asking him about... Wait, wait, before you go and talk about what you're talking about, explain just... I mean, you say he's an attorney on that. Explain who John Wood is and why he's running for uh, Senate. All right. Uh, so so John, John Wood was the attorney for the January 6th committee. And attorney. Uh, and attorney. He, well, he was asking questions of all the, of all the Pence people on TV the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, he has resigned his position as the lawyer for the January 6th committee because he's going to run as an independent in Missouri, uh, in part because there are a lot of Republicans who are embarrassed by the choices and want to have a, have a normal candidate run. And so he's going to run as an independent. So he was on the show today announcing his candidacy. But I asked him a whole lot of questions about the, uh, the January 6th committee. And I asked him about, hey, wh- wh- what can you tell us and what do you know about these two Secret Service men who apparently are contradicting this, this woman? And he said, look, we've interviewed this woman, Cassidy. We vetted her. We talked to her. We, you know, sh- clearly she's a credible candidate. And you know, people's memories may differ. And we are welcoming every single person to come and testify. And I asked him, you know, have you, have you talked to these people yet? He's obviously said, I can't tell you that. Um, but they are going about this methodically and um, fully. And it is, it is one of the most um, powerful and most, um, most, uh, interesting, but but yet the most. Uh, I mean, they're they're presenting their their case in a way no one has ever done before. It, it's these these people, Liz Cheney, this guy, Adam Kinzinger. I mean, they're all patriots for 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 just taking all the slings and arrows and doing the uh, uh, the job. And lastly, when I go on the radio and say Mike Pence is a hero, and I'm called a liberal, we're in a weird world. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're criticizing those patriots that wanted to uh, overthrow the government. And here's the thing. Here's the thing is that they call themselves patriots because they want to, what, instill a king? That's their idea of patriotism? Do they? I mean, you know, we got a petition here in Nebraska to, to put uh, voter ID on the ballot. I want voter IQ. I want, I want, before anybody can be able to vote, they should be able to at least pass a citizen test, you know, and know about the three branches of government, what their powers are, what they aren't, know about our legal system, know about, because there's so many, I didn't realize until social media came around, just how many idiots there are. And I'm not talking about people that have a different opinion than, than me based on the facts, but people that just pull shit out of thin air and make stuff up. It, 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 it boggles my mind. That's interesting because you've been in talk radio for years. You should know that, that there are idiots all over the place. Well, yeah. And I used, to th- I used to think, look, when I was doing talk radio and I would get a call from one of these guys, I used to think it was amusing. I used to think it was entertaining because I felt the adults were in charge. 
Okay, I felt that yes, yeah, this guy's a nut job, but okay, he's one out of you know, and and and, and the truth, I still think the idiots and the nut jobs are in the minority, but they are enough of a force that they have to be dealt with. And, and, and these Republican congressmen and senators that are just being quiet because they they need these nut jobs to vote for them, uh, it, it's disgraceful. All right, can we talk about something else? No, in a second. No, but I want to go back to I want to go back to the uh, this candidate there in Missouri, okay, uh, who's running who's running for Senate. Yeah. Okay, so because there's a little backstory about this too that people don't know, John Danforth is as Republican as you get, as old don't, as Republican as you yeah. get. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And John Danforth is bank bankrolling. John Danforth, who is heir to the uh, Purina Ralston uh, uh, fortunes, yeah. is bankrolling this um, candidacy because he was involved in getting, um, um, what's his face? Josh Holly. Josh Holly yeah, elected. He, he helped Josh Holly get elected. And he is embarrassed by that now. So he's trying to get a more traditional Republican elected as an independent, right? Yeah, correct. Yes. Okay, but hold on a second. Um, bankrolling's the wrong word. He's he put out a call to action um, that he would um, he would love to see a independent right leaning candidate run. Um, just John Wood ran, uh, worked for him in his office. Danforth has now set up a super PAC to raise money for said candidate, but because the raw laws and the rules are so insane. You can't coordinate the super PAC with the candidate. So there's no quote unquote coordination between Danforth and John Wood. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, but no, but he has said that Josh Hawley is detrimental to democracy. Um, and it's just unbelievable. Um, Danforth was, well, Danforth was almost picked to be George W. Bush's running mate in 2000. Mm-hmm. Instead, he picked Cheney. I mean, it's an interesting, you know, what how 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 we got to where we we got but this but this john wood is is more or less of an establishment republican who isn't being represented in the republican party so the quote-unquote establishment has kind of created an independent candidacy um yeah it, it is it is unreal and then you think about what's going on right now liz cheney and cassidy hutchinson are both, uh, you know, are both women who are trying to save our, our republic. You know, the, we, we talk about our founding fathers. Uh, now we've got our savior mothers. Well, I, I want to know what Trump was going to do once he went to the Capitol. What was his goal? I mean, was his goal to just take away the, the, the electors and just run and hide and just take over the military? I mean, what, what, was, what was the plan? This testimony hasn't been given yet, but there was a, uh, he had a, a liaison who was delivering a case of ketchup and he was going to throw it against the wall. That's what he was going to do. Hey, sorry. It's a bad, it's a bad, it was an attempt at a bad joke. And by the way, no, there's no truth to that because I don't need somebody putting that on social media now. Like it was, a, well, Becca said, Becca said that there was no, no, you know, God. All right. Now can we move on? Okay. Now what do you want to talk about? R. Kelly. I believe he ain't going to be flying anytime soon. I don't really, I couldn't tell you one thing about R. Kelly. What, what songs did he sing? That was it. I believe I can fly from, um, uh, what was the movie with, um, 
uh, Michael Jordan, uh, you know, about uh, Space, Space Jam. Jam? Yeah. Space Jam? Yeah. He, I thought that was, I thought that was Peebo Bryson. No, it was uh, R. Kelly. R. Kelly? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, what did what did Peebo Bryson say? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, no, I, I, or was I, it Seal? Couldn't didn't Seal sing? I believe I can fly. No, R. Kelly sang that. All right. Yeah, because nice. uh, actually, because I I, I, <laughs> I tweeted out that one, that line I just used about uh, I don't believe R. Kelly's gonna be flying anytime soon, but I I uh, I uh, Google searched that first. Okay, just to double check. Make sure that we. Yeah. So, in yeah. other words, in, in other words, he doesn't have his frequent flyer miles from Southwest anymore. Yeah, so he's on. Uh, he's on. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. He's on step in the name of love. Uh, he has burn it up. I don't know. I'm just going down Google search here now. Yeah, uh, Vartelli songs. So him and Jisleen are going to um, are going to share a cell, I guess. Huh? Isn't that bizarre that that story? was like so far down the list um, and in, in a normal world, talk about what was normal. In a normal world, Ghislaine uh, or whatever her name is, uh, Maxwell, that would have been the lead story. The daughter of this, this uh, you know, media mogul uh, who was involved with Jeffrey Epstein and some of the most powerful people in the world, including Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. And she's sentenced to what, 30 years or 20 years she sends it 20 years and nobody's talking about that because of all the other stuff that's been going on. You know, what's amazing in that story is the reason why it didn't get more play is because both sides could have thrown mud at the other side. So both sides were like, never mind, Right. I mean, that that should have been a talk radio topic for months and months and months or a Fox News topic. But because they were both because he was because because there was pictures with both sides. They just said, all right, never mind. The and, and this is, I mean, the whole story is so distasteful and so sick. Well, and Prince but, Andrew's involved in it. Who? Prince Andrew. Yeah, Prince Andrew. That, but I gotta say, if there was any any amusing part about this story was the painting of Bill Clinton in a woman's dress that <laughs> that he had hanging in one of his mansions. Did you see that picture? What say that again? What was this? There was a painting of Bill Clinton in a woman's dress. In his in his apartment? Yeah, in uh in what's his face's apartment, yeah. Jeffrey Epstein's apartment. Jeffrey Epstein's one of Jeffrey Epstein's places, yeah. Yeah, there He's was a, a, yeah, what a weird, what a weird story that is. Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, hey, did your did uh, who won the primary up in Omaha? Did that guy win or? Okay, so for people that okay, so what happened here in Nebraska was on the same okay on the same day all this other shit was going on. Our former congressman in District Number One, uh, Jeff Fortenberry, was sentenced to two years probation for uh, to, for lying to the FBI. Two years probation, twenty five thousand dollar fine, and three hundred twenty hours of uh, public service. But uh, overthrowing got, the government, you get to run for reelection again. Uh, well, these are felonies, so I don't know that he can or not. I don't, yeah. I think his political career is pretty much toast. Uh, so anyway, so they had a special election yesterday here in Nebraska to fill his spot, and uh, that was won by the Republican. Uh, and a good guy, I mean, this, this guy's a good guy, a Republican, but this Republican should have won by at least 10 points in this district. Trump won this district by 11 points, and uh, he only won by like six and a half points. And they attributed to a large um, uh, Democratic um, 
contingent that showed up at the polls after the Supreme Court ruling and the January 6th hearings. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the Republican, and, and then these, and these same two people will run now in November for the same race. Oh, yeah. Oh, because they're, they're just filling out the, the other guy's term. Uh, yeah, they're filling out his term on this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what's uh, happening. So that another another main story that would have gotten a lot more pub, uh, except for all, you know the January sixth hearings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I I know again pour, pouring gasoline on the fire. You know, talking about January sixth abortion and guns. Um, we I, haven't talked about guns yet. <laughs> Talk about these guns I got. Um, <laughs> You're shooting blanks. Uh, um, so. Um, the uh, I lost my train of thought because you so rudely interrupted me. Um, oh, the, yeah, the this abortion story and mm-hmm. these 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 people who are so offended and so up in arms. Um, that side doesn't vote. They I I'll believe it when I see it that they're so upset that fifty years later they're still voting for this and still trying to figure out ways to make it uh, legal again because they just don't have the energy of the right. Uh, I saw a story over the weekend when the Supreme Court initially ruled on this. It was not even the lead story. It was not the headline in the papers. You know, it was like, okay, and the Supreme Court has ruled this. And so it was, it was not a big deal. It was not a big deal back there in what, 72, I guess, right? It was not a big deal back then. But the uh, right to life people, little by little by little by little, made it a big deal. And they played yeah. the long game and they won. 46 states in 1973. Abortion was illegal, 46 states, but there were 13 states that were thinking about making it legal. Um, Kennedy was pro-life. The uh, Republicans were pro-choice. George Herbert Walker Bush was pro-choice. Gerald Ford was was pro-choice. Jimmy Carter was pro-life. By the the way, by the way, you can be pro-choice. It doesn't mean you're pro-abortion. And that's what gets me on this. You know, everybody goes with these like these slogans and that. And yet they don't uh, give it any more, any more thought than whatever the slogan is, you know, immigration issues, fix that by building a wall, you know, the, the issues with abortion, not just make it illegal. Yeah, but, 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 but you, can't, you can't make that nuanced point because no one's listening to you. You can't say, uh, I think it should be a, decided by the states because you're shouted down by somebody who's clearly not paying attention to you, clearly doesn't want to pay attention to you. And just wants to scream at you. Mm-hmm. So, and, and and you know what? I would have a lot more. I'd have a lot less problem with the Supreme Court's ruling about uh, the abortion issue by throwing it back to the states if they were consistent about what they did with guns. Because New York said, "Here's how we want to handle our gun issue in our state." They, you know, they weren't saying that you couldn't own a gun. They were just saying, you know, here's where you can and cannot have it. And uh, um, uh, the Supreme Court said, no, uh, you can't do that in New York. But then on the other hand, when it comes to abortion, now it's a state's issue. It, it, it does, it, it's hypocritical. I think, the, I think the better hypocritical argument is nowhere in the Constitution is it a protected right for a white man to marry a black woman. And yet the Supreme Court ruled there is. There's nowhere in the Constitution that says gays are allowed to marry gays. And yet this Supreme Court protected that. Right. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say contraception is legal and, you know, available. But yet somehow those were somehow ruled 
that states can't deny those things, right? States don't have the rights to regulate those things. Um, that's where the inconsistency lies. Are you going to be an originalist or are you going to pick and choose? Well, no, we pick and choose which ones we want. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's take a look at take a look at how I mean how the Supreme Court became the Supreme Court. What Mitch McConnell did, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, we still Obama still has one year left on his term, and we have new president coming in, so we can't vote on Merrick Garland. Well, that's but, the other thing. When you say, yeah, Mitch, when you say oh, McConnell's a genius, and they're like, oh, liberal, <laughs> and you're like, how, how can you hate Mitch McConnell? He was the guy who delivered these things for you. I don't understand any of it. Well, you know, like here's the thing, and that's and you and I are in a sort of a uh, a different position than the average person in that, you know, you doing talk radio, me doing commentary on, uh, on, on TV, along with social media and, and my, my years of doing talk radio in that, in that, you know, we get, and I always make the comment that I could say it's a lovely day and get a nasty email from a guy that makes umbrellas because that's, that's just what it is. No matter what, you're going to get blasted for something that you said. Um, and, right. and, and not always by the most articulate people in the world. All right, can we uh, can we wrap this this up? I have a baby who's sleeping. I have to get to. No, that, you want to go take a nap uh, while she's still asleep. That is true. You sleep when the baby sleeps, but you wouldn't <laughs> know that because because you don't have any children. You liberal. Um, yeah. What's your uh, what's your most underreported story of the week? Most underreported story of the week. We sort of we sort of touched on it. Uh, Jelaine Maxwell. I think that'd be one of the most underreported stories of the week. Uh, I, I think uh, um, the uh, uh, here locally, you know, the uh, the Jeff Fortenberry story underreported. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think I don't know, man. It's like right now, and 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 I I I try to focus on other stuff. But I am just obsessed with the January 6th hearings. And I'm, well, obsessed, I'm obsessed about how many people aren't obsessed with the January 6th hearings. Well, um, I've got, well, I, don't, I have one. I have the smallest reported story. Uh, and that is this, the, uh, the story of your penis cancer. That was a really short and small story. It's bladder cancer. My penis is fine. My bladder <laughs> has got issues. It's just a short story. Okay, that's one. Really, um, really, you want to, seriously? That's that. That's the type of humor you can find on the McGraw Show mornings on KTRS Radio. That is rock solid comedy. Um, the most underreported you know, story. It's funny, it's, funny that, it's funny that you talk about my small penis because you're such a big dick. But anyway, go on. Uh, <laughs> hey, that, that was funny. Thanks, um, <laughs> <laughs> the most underreported story of the week. You're wrong. Um, the FCC has asked Google and Apple to take down TikTok from their, from their app stores because they're saying China is uh, using all of the data it is collecting and giving it to the Chinese government. They're calling TikTok a Trojan horse and a national security issue. How come that's not a story? Uh, when I uh, now when I saw that story uh, uh, today, I uh, I took uh, TikTok off my phone. Of course, I know it's still live somewhere, but um, yeah, I, I, I right. I mean, think about that for a second. The Chinese government is 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 data mining American citizens, and our FCC says take it down. And people are like, no, I I need to watch cat videos. 
It's nuts. The world's gone mad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, my my baby's calling me. I can I can talk. All right. To well, you then you, you you go you go be a good single dad, and uh, we'll uh, continue this conversation next week. If you haven't liked us and uh, done all the uh, you know stuff to uh, what uh, what you call it, um, schedule us and uh, subscribe to us. That's what I'm looking for. If you haven't done that, do that so that you don't miss an episode of Becca and Millhaven. Just saying. I'm Tom Becca. I'm a McGraw Millhaven. Bye bye. <laughs> go get your go get your kid. A Huda Media Production.